Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon Show, top of the hour, 4 o'clock on 1250 AM, The Fan. This segment brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. Charging a cell phone can be like getting a booster shot, a booster given to enhance or restore protection after a primary series vaccination, which wanes over time. Schedule an appointment when you are eligible. Scott Grodsky and Sam Schmitz talking a little Brewers baseball after they've had a couple of wins to get themselves back on track after the fallout from the uh, Josh Hader trade. Now they're going into one of the bigger series, uh, bigger stretches at least, of the year. A couple of games against the Dodgers, the Cardinals, and the Cubs, they're trying to chase down the Cardinals right now. Uh, St. Louis one game ahead of Milwaukee in the standings after the Cards won a game yesterday. The Cards do also play today. But either way, conceivable pretty easily that the Brewers could be back in first place by the end of the week. And we're, we're looking, what are your expectations for the Brewers during this stretch? And do you feel any better after they've had a couple of wins strung together? Looking for your thoughts at 414-677-1250, 414-677-1250, or tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. And Sam, for me, I, I told you on Monday when when everything was at the lowest point, eventually they're going to go on a winning streak. That's just what happens. It's 162 games. And once they do, I'll feel better, and I think most fans will feel better. It's happened. They won, too. They won their last one yesterday in pretty dramatic fashion, and I do feel better. I, I think that this team is... It, they needed a win like what they had yesterday, where it wasn't just to to win a game, it wasn't just to win a series. It was to win in a way where you get to have the the water dumping on players and a little bit of a celebration as you're uh, winning in a walk off fashion. A game where the bullpen pitched well, a game where one of the key hits was a lefty against a lefty, which is something they've struggled with all year. 
Uh, Willie Adamas starting to get a little bit better with the average. I think he's up to around 225 or 230 after he's been around the Mendoza line for a lot of the season. So to me, I feel much better right now. I will feel a whole lot better if the Dodgers and Cardinals series go well. Yeah, I mean, the thing, too, with these two games against the Rays, you mentioned the the pitching and the offense, but I think it was really all three phases of the game, defense, pitching, and Absolutely. offense, you saw in those last two games of the Tyrone Taylor home run rob in game one and then the Rowdy Tellez play in the 10th inning yesterday to go to third right away and then get the runner. I mean, that was huge. So on top of the lefty-on-lefty lefty thing, Tim and I are celebrating because we think Rowdy Tellez should be in the lineup every day. Um, it doesn't matter righty or lefty, so – that was good to see as well. But, yeah, I mean, these two games, I'm going to start with the second part of the question. Do you feel any better about this team after a couple wins, 414-677-1250? And after those first two, yeah, because the way they won it made me kind of realize, or not realize, but think that they got the monkey out their back yep. with the Josh Hader trade. And it's kind of what we were seeing um, in those first couple series against the Rockies after the All-Star break is that, after they had that little team meeting too about them switching up their offensive philosophy, they so actually they actually did it in uh-huh. those series after the All Star break, and uh, they were winning in impressive ways ways that, ways that they wouldn't have had on offense um, coming back, you know, after a couple deficits and stuff like that, and you saw it in this series too. So, I think they got the monkey over their back. Somebody in the clubhouse probably said, "Okay, guys, like we got to get over it. Hater's gone. He's not coming back." So. What better way to go into the St. Louis and, and Dodgers series than to get a little two-game sweep against the Tampa Bay Rays? And I got a pretty good feeling about the St. Louis series. Now, it's going to be interesting because this is the first time this year that we actually have a three-game series, not a four-game series. Yeah, it's been where, a lot of bookend games, yeah, bookend series with the it's Brewers just, winning the first and last. Yeah, it's so weird how that works. So this will be a very interesting test because um, you're going to see some left-handed pitchers for the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I think in game one you'll see Jordan Montgomery, then Wainwright, so... Some pretty good tests for the Brewers in this uh, this little the beginning of the 13-game stretch here. Yeah, and also for the Brewers, it's not, I mean, the pitching did not line up exactly the way you'd want it to. It's going to be Lauer and then I think Ashby, uh, and then Burns gets the third game. So obviously you want Burns out there. But I, I think that they have to be feeling better just to not, we're not talking about it as much anymore. It's It's not, oh man, the Brewers have lost seven of eight since the Josh Hader trade. They haven't. It's the Brewers have won two in a row, and it's a new era, and it's a new feel, and it's a new clubhouse. So I, I think I'd like to see them win two out of three here. It's easier said than done against a good Cardinals team and against a good Cardinals team on the road with the best fans in the world, of course. Self-appointed. Uh, um, but uh, I, I'd like to see two or three there, especially also knowing that of the, what, 10 games following, seven of them are against the Dodgers, Yeah. which no matter whether you're a hot team a cold team or any other team, the Dodgers are a better team on paper. I believe the Dodgers have won 10 straight now. Yeah. So that's going to be tough. Either yeah, way. and that, it doesn't feel like, oh, man, they've won 10 straight. They must be on fire. No, they're good enough to win 10 straight. You expect them to win 10 yeah. straight, yeah. And actually, I'm looking at the pitching matchups for, against St. Louis. That's, that's It's actually kind of weird. It kind of is even for both teams. So you got Lauer and uh, Montgomery tomorrow, and then you got Burns and Wainwright on Saturday, and then on Sunday it's Ashby versus Michaelis. So... <laughs> Kind of similar players for each game. You have the two southpaws. You have, quote-unquote, St. Louis's ace going up against the Brewers' ace and Wainwright and Burns. And then on Sunday, it's the two pitchers that have kind of been struggling lately for both teams. I, Michaelis has been a lot better than Ashby this year. Right, but his last outing got destroyed yeah. against the Colorado yeah. Rockies. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think the it, it's fairly even with uh, 
it's about the same Lauer and Montgomery, and then you'd give an edge to Burns and you'd give an edge to Michaelis. So yeah, it's, uh, that makes sense. But a good test for the Brewers too, because if they do end up taking two of three against the St. Louis Cardinals, going into back to, back home against the Dodgers, okay, now it's time to actually prove what you are against the Los Angeles Dodgers. They really they had a good series against the Rays. Uh, it's been very up and down ever since the All Star break with the you know, series against the Rockies and the Boston Red Sox, and then unfortunately losing to the Pittsburgh Pirates and getting swept in the Reds. So now is a good time in the second half to really show what they got before September hits because these two series against the Dodgers in this 13-game stretch, everyone's going to have an eye on it. If you're a Brewer fan, everybody's going to be tuning in. And before September hits, this is going to be a big defining moment for them. Yeah, I forgot the Cardinals are playing right now, too. It's uh, 2-2 in the seventh for the Cardinals game against the Rockies. So if St. Louis wins, it's a game-and-a-half lead in the Central for the Cardinals. If they lose, it's a half-game lead. So either way, uh, the Brewers can be in first at the end of this week. Yeah. Uh, Or they could be back in the position they were a couple of days ago, and they're three-and-a-half, four games out. That little weekend series, though, next weekend against the Chicago Cubs in Wrigley, I mean, that's— I, I don't know what to expect anymore after baseball is such a weird sport where, you know, they get swept by the Pirates last week. Granted, team morale is very low after the Josh Hader trade, and then mm-hmm. you end up losing two of three against the Reds at home. So who knows? I mean, we all have our eyes on, on the Cardinals and Dodgers, but in order to keep their heads above water in the NL Central, they're going to have to get back to what they do and take care of teams that they should take care of. Now, it's easier said than done in baseball, but... I think uh, everybody's kind of overlooking that little stretch there after you g- get back home and then going back on the road from Chicago and then going to L.A. Yeah, I mean, you certainly shouldn't be overlooking anything, but I'm going to go ahead and overlook some stuff right now. And uh, for the Brewers, you also have to keep in mind for them, it's a really favorable end-of-the-season schedule. There is a ton of home games to close out the year. I believe it's 20 of 26 are at home. Their uh, final set of games is four-game series at home against the Marlins, three games against the Diamondbacks before that, two games also at home against the Cardinals. Uh, Reds series, Mets is tough. Uh, Yankees is tough. But from September 22nd on, the only team you're playing that's going to be above 500 and have any reason to care is the Cardinals, a team that you might need to be playing because you might need to be chasing. You only play them twice. The rest of it is all games that you absolutely should be winning, and they are pretty much all at home. Yeah, so very favorable favorable schedule. And it's kind of interesting because I remember earlier in the season before the All-Star break that they didn't fare well at home, but hopefully they can turn that around before September hits because as as up and down as this team has been, you just know that come September under Craig Council that these guys are going to get back on track. And, and hopefully that comes to fruition this year as well. And who knows? I mean, you'll be getting Adrian Hauser back hopefully soon, and despite his struggles this year, at least you have a guy that you can rely on and eat innings, and you can work around with a six-man rotation and yeah, figure and out what you want to do. Yeah, and the bullpen for the playoffs, too, yeah. if that's what you end up wanting to do. It's also the home and away thing. Some of it is, you know, you love having the, the home field advantage. There should be good crowds for September when it's meaningful games. But some of it also is just as simple as not traveling. It can be tough to be waking up in a different city every third day in a hotel and trying to figure out from there. They're consistently going to be at home, and they're consistently going to be at home for extended periods of time in a row to where you would hope the team could be more comfortable, you'd hope the team could be in better mental space, and you would hope the team could be able to to string some wins together against some of these lesser opponents when they have all of the the favorable 
aspects and intangibles in their direction. Not to mention, this is a team that has, and, and all teams go through it to an extent, but this is a team that's had a lot of injuries. Yeah. Throughout the course of this season, they have had a lot of injuries. They've been lucky that they have, for the most part, avoided season-ending injuries. But there has been a lot of stuff in flux. And honestly, it's not even just injuries. It started, what, two days before the season when Pedro Severino got suspended for half of the year. And ultimately, it cost him a roster spot because they, they found uh, Caratini and were able to establish over the course of two and a half months that they don't necessarily need a third catcher. But starting with that, you then had all of the pitching, other than Corbin Burns, essentially had at least somewhat of an injury, whether it was a longer-term one of the Hauser and Peralta, shorter-term of Woodruff. They've all had something. Uh, Hunter Renfro has missed an extended period of time. And every time he came back, or every time he came back, and then he would get injured, it would take him about a week or two to get back on track. Mm -hmm. Same with Luis Arias, too. Arias was hurt. Adamas was hurt. Colton Wong. Colton Wong was hurt. I mean, a lot of these guys, too, like before the All-Star break, you could probably count in your hands how many games some of those guys that we just mentioned, Wong, Renfro, um, Adamas, and Urias, how many how many games they played together. And yeah. It's very hard to be, you know, it's very hard to, like, figure out who you are as a team and be consistent at the plate when it's somebody new in front of you or behind you every day almost. I mean, there was a stat, and I, I don't have it anymore, but it doesn't really hold up all that much because now we're much further into the season than where we were before, but... McCutcheon, Renfro, Adamas, and Wong, and I believe Arias too. Those five players, like when they played together in the first half of the season, they were undefeated. It was kind of but, like the start of the year for the Bucks, where it was, you know, like four months into yeah. the season, the Bucks were like eleven and zero when the big three played together. But at, when you looked at the record, they were like five and zero. This was like after the the series in St. Louis mm-hmm. that they showed that graphic on on Valley Sports Wisconsin is where I got it from. But I mean, it just goes to show that all year long, these guys haven't been able to. They they may have chemistry in the clubhouse. They may get together, but it's one thing to have chemistry in the lineup and, and on the field and figure out, okay, who's going to be in front of me on a consistent basis? Who's going to be behind me? Now, granted, Craig Council doesn't make that easy, but there is something to be said about that. Yeah, and it, it's I've struggled with that in the past because, I look, I didn't play baseball at anything resembling a high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wonderful baseball career pretty much ended when I got uh, hit in the head as a kid and then I was scared of the ball for the rest of the time, so... That was that was the end of that. Understandable. But to me, as someone who isn't in a clubhouse looking from the outside in, I've always thought it was kind of overrated fooey to be talking about the chemistry in a lineup because I don't really, you know, whether you're hitting two behind someone you know and in front of someone you know or hitting five and a new team, it's still when you get out there, it's you in the batter's box and the pitcher on the mound. Mm-hmm. But when you hear every player and so many managers and everyone else talk about the importance of chemistry – I'm going to go ahead and take them at their word over me in my very limited experience, and they will all tell you that that is important to have that kind of a flow, to have that kind of a consistency in a lineup. And it's nice for the Brewers that as they get down this final two-month stretch, knock on wood right now, they're in a position where they're able to get that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not all throughout the lineup with consistency because, like we said, sometimes it depends on lefty-righty, but there are some spots in the lineup, particularly one and two, that are consistent on a day-to-day basis with Yelich and Adamas, and, well, and they even, actually they actually mentioned it in yesterday's post game that you know when Yelich got intentionally walked before Adamas walked it off, Craig Council said he kind of thinks it gives the batter behind that guy a little something, mm-hmm. knowing that they want to pitch to you, they want to they prefer that matchup, and Adamas agreed with Council. So at least in some spots, like there are things that you can point to or be like, okay, well if you have a consistent those two guys behind one another, there is something to that. 
And even some of you're right, the consistency does change a little if it's lefty righty. But even that, you have some idea. Right. Of, it's not like you don't know who you're going against, uh, who's pitching that given day, and you have a pretty good idea if it's a righty. Okay, yeah, it's going to be one, two is going to be Yelich and Adamas. Three is going to be Rowdy. Five is going to be Wong. Four is Prime McCutcheon, and six is Renfro. Mm-hmm. You, you do have an idea, depending on who's pitching, what the lineup is going to look like, and I think that's something that can only help going forward for the Brewers. Love to hear your thoughts on the Brewers as they've won two in a row heading into their series against the Cardinals, then Dodgers, Cubs, and Dodgers once again. 13-game stretch coming up. What are your expectations for them during that stretch? Call in 414-677-1250. Again, that's 414-677-1250. You are listening to the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM The Fan. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon Show. Scott Karatsky of CBS 58 alongside Sam Schmitz. Be sure to check out uh, 2400 Sports' MLB coverage with big-time baseball. Former players Cody Decker and Tony Gwynn Jr., along with MLB insider John Heyman, sit down every week to cover all the moving parts of Major League Baseball on the field, in the clubhouse, and in the front office. These guys have you covered with complete breakdowns of every team and individual player worth noting on a week-to-week basis. New episodes, big-time baseball, every Monday on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of Brewers stuff to talk about over the past few weeks on that podcast and really anyone else, national or otherwise. It has been a busy stretch for Milwaukee, but it looks like, uh, you know, the the calm before the storm. This is the calm after the storm. I think everything has sort of settled down. I think for me, looking forward now for the Brewers, a lot of the questions are answered. The one that remains is what does the bullpen look like without Josh Hader? What's uh what's Taylor Rogers' knee looking like, especially after the cortisone shot, and then figuring out that that's been now the Brewers. We heard from Matt McCalvey on the fan yesterday that obviously the Brewers knew about the knee mm-hmm. before trading for him, but it's just how does that affect him going forward? Because yeah, I mean, with uh, Devin Williams having the rest the last couple of days, I mean Matt Bush had to pitch a ninth inning or not or just to get the save a couple of days ago, but you would hope that they can settle him into a role where he comes into like, you know, the sixth, seventh inning, first out of the bullpen, something like that. So we're, there, there's still room for experimentation too. Yeah, and, and you know that's something Craig Council is going to do because we've seen it be something that Craig Council has done for a while. To me, I'm interested to see how the bullpen works out. I'm not crazy worried about how it's going to work out. I wish that you had a Josh Hader in there. Um, and by Josh Hader, I mean the Josh Hader who we saw for – Four and a half years, not the Josh Hader who's pitched for the last month and a half. Uh, but yeah, you, you'd like to have that for sure electric guy, of course. But even without him, it's a bullpen that's proven a lot. And it's a bullpen that sets up well for Craig Council's idea of matchup tinkering, where you have some lefty guys in Rogers and Hobie Milner who... Good Lord, has he been good so far this year? I was gonna say you have a uh, you have a new lefty instead of Josh Hader. Now you have Hobie Milner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not sure he's quite no, at that level. But, I'm totally totally joking. But no, totally you joking. you have two good solid lefties. You have a good solid righty combo in Boxberger and uh, in Matt Bush. If Matt Bush is everything that uh, David Stearns thinks that he is, and everything that man, he sure looked the part when he got that save a couple of days ago. And obviously, you have Devin Williams. We assume in the closer role. But is it possible that Craig Council will do something along the lines of Devin Williams gets the, what was it, Andrew Miller, I think, was the guy for Cleveland who sort of restarted the idea of your best reliever doesn't necessarily close games in the playoffs. He goes in in the most uh, difficult situation. Yeah. Council could do that with Devin Williams this year. 
because he does have guys in Bush and, and Rodgers who can close if you need to. I don't know that he's going to do it. I, I think he probably leaves Devin Williams as a closer. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, with Craig Council, anything is possible. And that's something that that does make sense. We'd, we'd love to hear your thoughts. 414-677-1250. Again, that's 414-677-1250. Uh, but to me, I, I like that there are those options. And those options become that much greater when you add in during the playoffs, presumably, assuming health, you add in Adrian Hauser as a guy who could very easily be getting some time uh, uh, in the bullpen. Eric Lauer, who could get some time in the bullpen, although I think he's probably still going to be your number four starter. Yeah, 414-677-1250. It is our leadoff guy, as always. It is Trav and Brown Deer Scott. Trav, you're on the afternoon show. What's up, man? How's it going? So, you know, you know, after this trade and then, you know, the injections, right? Uh, what about you know, you know, like in the NFL or something, right? You got to pass a physical, right? So why why, why did this trade happen then, right? Or uh, can I, they come back? You know, I, I think Trav the the Brewers knew about the cortisone uh, stuff for Rogers. I don't I don't think they're looking at it as a huge concern. We, you you know what I'm saying, right? I mean, it's it's like. Uh, with Brett Favre, right, the hip injury, right, and and uh, Ron Wolf said, "Well, we're going to go with it." But uh, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I, honestly, I think it's the exact same situation, except you know, one turned into a Hall of Fame quarterback, and the other is a, a rental reliever for a few months. But I think it was the same idea where Stearns and Arnold knew that this was the case with Rogers and said, "Okay, well, we want to do it anyway." Yeah. So. All right, Trav. Yep, I love you guys. We love you hey. too, Trav. Bye. All right, bye. That was uh, Trav and Brown Deer. All right. Sure was. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, Craig Council said too after the game yesterday that uh, Taylor Rogers would have been available to go if he needed to be called upon. Thankfully, the Brewers walked it off beforehand. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's not a huge concern because no. they knew about it. It'd be a problem if they didn't. It's, it's one more thing that when you just look at the Josh Hader trade, it's one more aspect that's a little odd. Yeah. The same way as the Nelson Lamette stuff is a little odd, but it's not something that Rogers needing cortisone shots does not drastically change my opinion of that trade. I'm not worried about it. Just it just sucks that it's a thing, you know, that you have to worry about. But going back to what you were talking about before we talked to Trav there, and once again, four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. If you guys want to join us, the the closer by committee thing. Obviously, Devin Williams is going to get like three-fourths of the closing opportunities probably going forward for the rest of the season, but they're not the only winning team that you're seeing this right now after the trade deadline because the Philadelphia Phillies are doing a similar situation right now. Mm-hmm. There's They acquired David Robertson, the former Cubs pitcher, and then yesterday, I mean, Sir Anthony Dominguez is also getting save opportunities for them. And I think there's another pitcher, too, that I'm forgetting about that it's like a trio of alternating closers for the Phillies, so... It's working out for them because at the same time, you don't have to exhaust your typical closer. You can keep guys fresh and have guys that you can rely on, especially in the postseason too, if, if they can keep on getting the job done in tight situations. So I think Devin Williams is the closer, obviously. I would prefer to him to be always out there like Josh Hader was for close situations. But if it keeps his arm healthier for the postseason, I'm okay with you know having Taylor Rogers or Matt Bush go in there a couple of games. And also when you're talking about some of the higher leverage games, both in the regular season and then ultimately assuming they make the playoffs, the playoff games, I don't mind the idea of let's say tomorrow they're they're starting what I think we all think is a pretty big series against the Cardinals. Let's say it is 2-1 Brewers in the 8th because that's a pretty standard Brewers game score. 
It's 2-1 Brewers in the eighth, and the Cardinals have uh, uh, Goldschmidt, Arenado, and O'Neal coming up in the eighth inning. I have no problem putting Devin Williams in the eighth and then letting either Matt Bush, Taylor Rogers, or anyone else take the ninth. I would much rather see Devin Williams, honestly, in that inning than watch someone who you think is your second best or third best reliever be the one who gives up runs to the best hitters on the other team. So I, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be every time. I don't know if Craig Council is going to do it at all. But for the higher leverage games, I would like to see it. I, I think there's no real downside. It's also not like with Hater for the past few years, you hear a lot about closers have that closer mentality and they like pitching the ninth inning and being that. Devin Williams doesn't have that. No. He can't have that. He hasn't been the closer. So it can't be a weird thing for him to be resetting his mindset of, oh, no, I'm not pitching the ninth today. I'm pitching the eighth. Well, on top of that, I mean, if he has a game like yesterday, I, mean, I think he only threw like, what, seven pitches? Seven, yeah. He could go two, too. I mean, there were there were rumors, and I don't think I don't know how much to believe it, um, before the trade deadline did happen with Josh Hader via Ken Rosenthal that apparently Hader, there was rumors that he didn't want to ever pitch more than an inning. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what kind of handicapped the Brewers, and maybe they can do this more often. But I would love just to see, like you were talking about, Devin Williams in tight situations before the ninth inning come in just to get the job done and then give it to the other guys for the – um, you know, third bottom third of the order because that kind of brings Craig Council back to what made him such a good manager when he first started before the three batter minimum. Make him make him unpredictable and oh, who he's gonna minimum. make Craig Council be unpredictable and make him be what made him so good when he first became a manager for the Milwaukee Brewers. So I would totally be if it was up to us and we could you know whisper into Council's ear and be like, bring Williams in now, do it, do it. I would totally be for it. Man, that game when he brought in it was Wade Miley, right? Yeah, playoff game. <laughs> yeah. That was that was something. I mean, like they literally. I, it wasn't obviously all because of council, but council had a huge implication on the yeah. rules that it, we have I mean, now. It was council and it was the Rays. The two yeah. of them were the teams that man. I don't want to say abused it, but used it more than other teams. Obviously, it, it drives up uh, game times and all that. But I, I was, I loved, oh, was I loved, I loved the chess match between the managers man, and all that. that. I was I was covering that game for the Dodgers uh, playoffs when they had, they had Miley and then they pulled him after one batter. It was just, yeah. uh, it was just awesome. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, so if Craig Council and if Devin Williams is willing and able to go back into a, a role like Josh Hader, the Swiss Army knife, when he first came in, I think that'd be great for the team and it'd be great for the bullpen because hopefully guys like a guy that we haven't even talked about yet before we get to Bart Winkler, Trevor Gott looked looked great yesterday and mm-hmm. unfortunately he was struggling um a little bit beforehand um so hopefully if trevor god can get back you now have like five or six guys in that bullpen new haircut new arm yeah exactly trevor god got rid of the locks and uh, looked like his old self so there you go but boxberger's been struggling a little bit but hopefully with all these guys that you have in there hopefully if somebody if someone's struggling you see counsel like tim allen brought up yesterday have a quicker hook on some of these guys so I like what the Brewers have brewing right now. Nice. Yeah. I didn't even mean to do that. Sure you didn't. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, geez. That seems like as good a place as I'll any show to, myself. Uh, oh, yeah. All we'll, right. We'll, we'll take a little break here, and when we come back, we will be joined by, uh, I, I want to get the phrasing right here, the man who started a promo a couple days ago with, we'll talk why the Brewers tanked their season on purpose. Yeah. Joined the Dunn Club, too, about a couple days ago. Did he? Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's Bart Winkler. We'll see if he is still 
in the Dunn Club uh, after a couple of wins for the Brewers. That's coming up next on 1250 AM The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over think what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary <sighs> spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon Show. Scott Gradsky and Sam Schmitz. This segment brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. Charging a cell phone can be like getting a booster shot, a booster given to enhance or restore protection after a primary series vaccination, which wanes over time. Schedule an appointment when you are eligible. And, of course, never miss a moment from the fan again with the free Odyssey app. You can download the Fan Afternoon Show and listen whenever and wherever works best for you. My parents downloaded the Odyssey app because, you know, they're my parents and I'm on and they had to ask me a couple of times, is it 1250 or is it the Bart Winkler show, which tried explaining that's that's a land no one wants to go to. But we are joined by the man of the Bart Winkler show, national radio host, Bart Winkler. How we doing? I like that they got making you uh, they're making you do these Odyssey reads when I stopped doing them weeks ago. No, I just chose to do it. I just came off the top. <laughs> it just uh, seemed like the right move. I'm excited for this. I, I I miss. I feel like we should have Andrew Wagner in here right now, and then we can have the three-headed monster of positivity. That is uh, me, you, and Andrew. But uh, we'll have to. Do yeah, but everyone knows Andrew's a curmudgeon, and everyone knows I hate the world. But you're like a sneaky sadist. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess. I don't. I don't know. I feel like I. I feel like it's pretty well known at this point too. Oh, really well, lot, I gotta tell you, when I watch you on CBS 58. I see nothing but smiles and sunshine. Well, I'm sorry. When I watched you do a two-minute masterpiece report and whatever lacrosse station you were in about finding Brett Favre's magazine, I mean, that was that that brought light to my entire week. Do you think I missed my calling by going to radio instead of staying in TV? I'm pretty sure you missed your calling on either one of them. <laughs> 
All right, Bart Winkler joining us, and uh, I, I got to go back to what I heard a couple of days ago uh, when I'm still learning how to do my promos and I'm not quite as incendiary as you. Uh, it was how the Brewers tanked their season on purpose coming up. That's still the case after two wins? Well, this is so stupid because I, I, so I got sucked into it, I think. I think I got sucked into the roller coaster of a baseball season. And when we were looking at, well, first, I mean, I, I hated the trade. And mm-hmm. the only saving grace of this trade is that the Brewers are really high on these prospects. And that's fine if they're a losing team and they're selling. They made a seller's move and they didn't make their big league ball club better. And then as you guys were talking about, there's been all this like, it's just been messy. The whole thing's been sloppy. Whatever happened with Lamette, did they know about his service time? Then they didn't. Even if they did, well, then you cut him. But then you cut Jake McGee two days later for Jason Alexander, who hasn't pitched yet. So Lamette could still be here. Why did you include him in a trade if you don't want to trade for him? Don't be doing the Padres favors. Then Rogers, and they, you know, again, they had to know about the cortisone stuff, but still, that is just a terrible look. And so you made your big league team worse. And I, you know, that's that's not how I want them to operate. But they're going to operate their own way. They want they want to be good all the time. They want to be that sixth seed all the time or sneak in all the time. And one of these years, they think that it's going to pay off in a World Series. And the year that it does is going to make a lot of us look stupid. Uh, and I, you know, I I said I was in the Dunn Club the other day because I'm on the radio, uh, Scott. So I <laughs> I go with the theatrics. What I what I would have done had I just been texting with my buddies is, yeah, I think they might be done this year, but because I'm on the radio, it's still, it's still, it's still what I mean. I still, I always, people sometimes think that I'm trying to be a Skip Bayless clone or whatever. I always say what I mean. You just dress it up and dial it up for, you know, the, you know, it's, it's part of the job. It's the showmanship. So, but I got to stick to it. Cause I said it, that they don't make the playoffs. I think the problem is there are seven teams fighting for six spots the Mets and the Dodgers are in. The Padres are not going to miss. The Braves are not going to miss. And so you're looking at the Brewers fighting with the Cardinals for the NL Central. And if they take the Central, you're looking at the Brewers fighting with the Phillies for the wild card. And I think those other teams are in better spots. And the Brewers might be the odd team out. Now, after you win two games in a row, like they did, which the game yesterday, they needed, man. And they needed it to, to go like that. So, yeah, you're feeling a little bit better. And I guess if if they do well against the Cardinals, then we're going to be super excited. But then if they do bad against the Dodgers, we're going to be super down again. I have a feeling that every week from here on out, uh, most of us will say, oh, yeah, I see this team making the playoffs for sure. They'll win the division. But then later in the week say, man, this team sucks. What are they doing? It's just going to be a roller coaster ride, and your boy got caught up in it. Cardinals losing now. I don't know what just happened to them. They just must have had a disaster inning. They're losing 8-2 to the uh, Rockies. So it looks like it'll be a half-game lead for the Cardinals when that series starts. By the way, you asked if you missed your calling in TV. I'm pretty sure the day the Bucks won the championship, we had less time for sports than you just did on that one little question rant there. So I, I, I don't know that uh, TV sports would have been Oh, the I saw the you. greatest. You guys had the greatest uh, TV sports of all time the other day. because I'm going to guess it was Kevin, not me. No, it was Kevin throwing to you in Green Bay or in Milwaukee, and then he threw to another guy in Green Bay, and he was the anchor, but he 
he had like he did like 17 words. Yeah, those are uh, Kevin likes to call those his traffic cop days, where it's uh, <laughs> hey everyone, here's Scott. Thanks, Scott. Here's Darius. Thanks, Darius. Brewers. Like, there's won. no reason for Kevin to come in. Like Natalie could do that. No offense, I didn't mean anything by that. <laughs> Natalie's a good sports mind. Oh, she, I'm sure she knows more than Jessup does. Jessup also a good sports mind. I'm sure he knows more than uh, you know who the one. I'm and so rip is on Drew, is. who you're going to next. Drew, yeah, not they're, Drew. They're all good. I'm there, rip there's, on Drew. there's a lot of sports Drew in a while. In room. I haven't talked to Drew in a while. There's there's a decent amount of sports knowledge in that newsroom, but uh, switching switching us back over to Brewers now. I mean, I to me, you touched on the Lamette part of the trade. The optics of the trade, as things have developed, aren't great. They keep looking stranger. But to me, I feel much better about it after a couple of days now that, you know, the funk seems to be gone from the Devin Williams storm cloud of an interview that was hovering over the team for the better part of a week. And I think Matt Bush ends up being sort of it wasn't really talked about that much at the time because it was the same day as Hater. Everyone was worried about Hater. And then it was oh, they really gave up a prospect for a 36 year old, I believe, reliever. I like the move now. It, I, I mean, at the time, it didn't really make sense to me. But then you saw the prospect like was going to be rule now? five. The Bush, the Bush move, not the hater move. Oh, the Bush move, that didn't affect anybody. This Rosenthal move, that looks stupid. But we haven't seen him pitch yet. Yeah, I don't totally Look, get the they, Rosenthal they, move. You know, they did these, they did these series of trades, and they knew that there was going to be backlash, and they went for it. They. They did it anyway, because on the surface, none of these trades make sense. The trades will make a lot more sense if, oh, maybe Hader doesn't look good the rest of the season. He had a rough game the other day. If uh, Trevor Rosenthal is the real deal. If uh, Matt Bush performs well and, and Devin Williams performs. Maybe, you know, this is the... Of all, because there's been trades where at first blush you're like, this trade sucks. And I felt that I didn't like the Urias Grisham trade. So, I, well, now, I mean, that obviously worked out for the Brewers. So that's why people don't like to say this trade sucks because you got to let it play out. Yeah, I hated that trade too. Um, but this trade, of, of all the trades, like, I hated the Adamas trade happened, too, actually. This has sucked the most at the time that it happened. So it could work out. It's just. There's a lot that needs to go right. Yeah, to me, the Adamas trade made no sense when it happened either. It was just trading out for more shortstops who aren't really working, but obviously that worked out extremely well for the Brewers. Uh, we could do a little Packers talk right now with the preseason game tomorrow, but it's the preseason, so more importantly, what are your thoughts on the purple jerseys coming back for the Bucks? So I hate the color purple. I hate <laughs> Just as every... a rule? I, hate per... I don't like anything about it. I don't like how it sounds. I don't, I don't even really like the letter P, uh, and there's two of them. I hate, I hate the Vikings. I hate this guy every has food national radio spots. National what? radio. Sorry, continue. What, what, what the hell does that mean? Please continue on your your hatred for the because letter nobody P. comes at the angle like I do, Grodsky. Nobody would answer this question this way. Yeah, nobody hates everything like you do. I like a lot of things. I like both of you. Is something I would have said before this little hit. There you go. Um, so I hate everything purple, but I love these purple jerseys. 
the the purple Bucks jerseys. It's the only purple that works for me. You asked me what I thought about the jerseys, and now you're making fun of how I'm, I'm answering it. I'm not it? making fun. I'm laughing at how you're answering it. It's it's a great answer. Yeah, that's why I'm doing national spots. Yeah, no, that's I I am I am clearly I've been proven wrong. What the hell is going on <laughs> around here? Do you like them better than the uh, the Fear the Deer ones? Because to me, the Fear the Deer ones from this year are the best ones they've had in in a decade. Those black ones? Yeah, the black ones with the purple trim. I don't like those. Of course you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they like those black ones too much. Yeah, I mean they only won a championship wearing their black ones, but whatever. Yeah, they force that. They should have wore the white ones. They should have wore the white ones in game six, but they they had it because the owners came here and they're like, fear rhymes with deer. This is the greatest slogan ever, even though it was for a team eight years ago that sucked. They acted like they invented it. They reinvented it. Bologna. That's, that's I like the, the way Mecca you do ones. it. It's, it's reinvented. Okay, we were talking about the Mecca ones. I thought I thought you said he hated the Mecca no, ones. No, I said him and I, we hated them when they first came out, but then later on towards the end of the season, we loved them. Okay. Yeah, I hated yeah. those. Those are my least favorite. But I told Sam I'm, I'm also colorblind, and all those colors run together for me. So that was – Oh, those, you those are? Those were brutal, brutal uniforms. Hmm. It's not, it's you not are colorblind? Yeah. Oh, so why do you care what I answer about this question? I'm not colorblind like a dog. I still see colors. I just see them differently than you do. We don't have any proof that everyone sees colors the same. God, this is a great segment. <laughs> uh, you are right. We do not. We don't have any proof that what I think is white or blue or red is what Sam I, does. I've maintained for years that even though I'm the one who's colorblind, it's very, I, I think I see them correctly, and you know, 95% of the world sees it wrong. That could very much be true. Yeah. No, that's, we don't that's, talk about this enough. That's definitely what it is. That's that's absolutely what it is. Uh, do we need to go to draft mockery now, or can we yeah. do Packers? What or, is the I, I, deal? I what are, why are you guys no selling me this whole time? No, I think it's I think this is a great conversation. I think it's turning right now into like a little bit of an Aaron Rodgers podcast, and I love it. Okay, you know what? I'm we're we're this, gonna keep I'm Packers this then. Back tomorrow on my show. We're we're gonna what? I'm playing this back tomorrow on my show. Good. We're, we're gonna keep Packers then. We'll we'll wait a few minutes before we get to hear you know the the best part of my day, which is the song. Uh, Rogers not going to be playing, obviously, in the first preseason game. Do you care what Jordan Love does? If Jordan Love has a, a good first half, does that matter to you in any way? Or is it just, it is what it is? I care what Bailey Zapp does tonight, and I care what Josh Hammond does tonight, because those are the guys I rostered in DraftKings. I was literally going to say, please tell me you're not betting on the preseason. No, I think the Love thing's very interesting. The the So now they kept him for two years. They still have him. And so now if Jordan Love becomes – the more time you put into Jordan Love, the more I think you cannot trade him. It, or that he, he has to be he has to be the guy to take over for Rodgers, no matter when that is. And it's not like, you know, the sunk cost fallacy where you uh-huh. you spend some, you spend a lot on a guy so you have but, – but you're putting – you're investing in it. This is an investment. You're investing into him. If Rodgers retires, let's say, the year after this – You've got four years into love, and you're just going to let that walk? You're going to have to pay the $20 million for the fifth-year option. You're going to have to give him a contract almost out of nowhere. You can't put – if you if you have no intention of having Jordan Love be the guy to back up or to take over for Aaron Rodgers, then you got to get rid of him. 
Because the more time you invest in him, the more he needs to be the quarterback that follows Rodgers. This is not going to be a realistic scenario, but I'm curious what you would think in this. Let's say Jordan Love plays the three preseason games he plays lights out. He drives up what his trade value is. He looks like he is a bona fide NFL starter, and Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Mac Jones gets hurt. One of these teams that's a a solid playoff contender is willing to give you a first or a second round pick. It's not the it's not the sixth rounder that Sam Darnold and and Baker Mayfield went to. It's a legitimate bona fide pick. But you have to make the trade right before the season. Do you do it? Or do you need to have somewhat of a backup in place? Because let's assume for the sake of this argument too, Rodgers is playing at least two more years. To me, I would love to get value for love if you can, assuming Rodgers stays. But there's no way after, I mean, I, I watched the Brett Hundley games. I watched the Deshaun Kaiser games. I don't know how you can go into the season without love as your backup if it's that close to the season. Well, I, I would think you have to do it. I think, you know me, I like, I don't care about trades that affect the team right now. I, I love trades that are going to help the team four or five years down the road. That's yeah, why I love it sounds like you. so much. Yeah. yeah. Why did you even book me? You clearly don't want to talk to me. What? I just asked you a question. You got, you got, you got, you got a little Gradsky, you little Gradsky grin at the end of all these little things. You, Bart, you and Sam. You and Sam are like playing footsie about every answer I give. What do you want to talk about, Bart? I don't even want to be on the show. All right. <laughs> we can we can probably make that happen if you'd like. I guess we're too. Uh, I guess you're too big time for us, Bart. <laughs> All right, yeah. I, th- I think it's time to hit the uh, hit Bart's people, music. People are people are acting like like I did a couple CBS Sports radios. You know, national CBS sports radios. Yeah. And they're acting like they're acting like I went and hosted Hollywood squares for a summer. I mean, it's pretty close. No, I mean, you, I went and did a thing that no one listens to anyway. I listen to you. I listen to you. Well, you guys are psychos. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. Well, I can't say that people will get mad at me because of Beyonce, I think. All right. With that, um, <laughs> should we dive into draft mockery? All right, I'm going to do it anyways. Here we go. Uh, Come on now and try to understand the way this popcorn feels in my hand. Take a scoop and put it in your mouth and eat some now. Yes, eat some now. Yes, eat some now. Ow, 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 ow. Go! You have some nights, gourmet popcorn. Try that night, gourmet popcorn. Cherry sweet corn or Milwaukee mix. You gotta have nights gourmet popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Draft Mockery brought to you by Night's Gourmet Popcorn and Bart's singing voice, providing you with the freshest gourmet popcorn. Let me guess, you popcorn. hate that too? No, that's my favorite part of the show. That's easily my favorite part of the show. 
kids like it. Kids sing it to their dads. Yeah. I, I sing it. I, I was humming yeah. it, uh, and my wife thought I was crazy. I don't think she understood that it was the Night's Gourmet Popcorn song, but, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, it's been since 1952. Mentioned 1250 AM The Fan for 20% off. Uh I guess before we go into today's, Sam, I believe, as a recap of yesterday's highly disappointing results. Very disappointing results. Uh, we did a cage match of movie characters between Toby Altizer, myself, and you, Scott Grosky. Toby ended up winning somehow, um, despite picking a terrible team. He ended up winning with 43% of the vote. I finished in 30%, but I think the more surprising part is that you, Scott, finished in third place with 27%, despite having... Superman and Darth Vader on your team. Yeah, I, I think uh, Bart, you can you can weigh in. I think my mistake was I tried too hard to pander, and my fourth character was uh, Clay Matthews in Pitch Perfect Two. I think that hurt me. <laughs> yeah, that that pick was about ten years too late, but yeah. good try. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> All right, the standings are in draft mockery. I'm in the lead with eleven and a half wins. Toby Altizer moving up to second place, still with seven per, or seven wins total. Kevin Holden. Above Tim Allen in third place with half a win with four and a half total. Tim Allen in fourth place with four wins. Tim Shea in fifth place with three wins. Bart Winkler and Stephanie Sutton tied in sixth place with two each. Evan Heffelfinger, Adam Roberts, and Scott Grotsky tied with one in seventh place. The draft order for today, I'll be picking first. Bart, you'll be picking second. Scott, you'll be picking third. And today we are drafting head coach cliches. Now, we did last week, we did the general manager cliches, and we ended up reading all the answers as one answer, and it ended up working out well. So we'll be doing the same thing. But today's draft was inspired by Coach Matt LaFleur, who just never gives the Packers media anything except for a whole bunch of chuckles. Yeah. No, so. we, were, we were talking about whether or not we wanted to have uh, wanted to run Matt LaFleur sound a couple of days ago. And yeah. I, I, I think my expression was to you, yeah, I mean, it, it's great. We, we know he's going to talk and say nothing. Yeah, so. that was the censored That's, version of what you said. Yeah, yeah a little bit. <laughs> and uh, uh, Aaron Nagler will laugh like he's being tickled. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we did, uh, we did get some advice from uh, our better Bart uh, guest that we had earlier today, mm-hmm. uh, Bart Lundy with uh, – Milwaukee Panthers went through he, he went through a whole list on the last question we had yeah. him of what his like his best coach speak is and I gotta say it was it was some good stuff I didn't do a whole lot of prep for this draft so I literally just wrote down what he said and I'm yeah you're, you're gonna hear some of that all right um so with the first pick today now this is in particular to one coach here in Wisconsin but a lot of other head coaches say it um, and I know Bart's gonna take this because the guy looks like him so without further ado we got to be better, 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 better. We got to defend, you know, Jalen Brown better. We got to defend Tatum better. Got to find the three-point line better. That's what the playoffs are about. It's great, you know, game to game, the challenge, you know, to be better. We got to be a lot better. You know, he's got to be better as a group. We got to get better. We got to screen better. Be better with our passes. Better spacing. Better, better decisions. But I think we'll be better. We got to be better. First overall pick, we got to be better. Bart Winkler, your first pick. Well, you took mine. I know. I know you're going to take it. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, we got to take it one game at a time. Yeah, that's mine. All right. That, that was my first one. I told Sam there's no way he's getting to me. No. All right. One game at a time. Yeah. Scott Kratzky? Um. Uh, we got to take a look at the tape. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what went wrong. Take a look at the tape. All right. Uh, back to me for my second pitch. Uh, let's see. 
We can, I'm going to go with uh, we can't look past this team can't look for, my, for sure. my second sure. pick. Bart, back to you. Yeah, we we guys we got to focus on the fundamentals here. <laughs> All right. Let's yeah, get back to the fundamentals. No, I mean, the fundamentals make sense. Uh, focusing on the fundamentals helps you get 1% better each day. <laughs> oh, is that yours? Sure is. I'm sorry. I gotta write. I gotta write all these. These are all like phrases they all gotta write down. What was it? Uh, get one percent better each day. One percent better each day. Jeez. All right, back to me for my third pick in the coaches cliches. Um, let's see. I'm gonna go with. We have a long way to go. For my third pick. Bart, back to you. Um. You know, we got to control the tempo. <laughs> 1% better each day. All right. Better tempo for Bart's third pick. Scott Grotsky, your third pick. Are you good or we need to slow down? No, you're good. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll take this one from Coach Lundy. We got we to gotta stack good days together. Yeah. <laughs> we got to stack success. Yeah, actually, can I do stack success, please? That's better. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. I was going to say, that's a better way of putting it. Stack success. All right, last round in today's coaches' cliches. I'm going to go with a football one, probably the most cliche football one of all time. The game is won in the trenches for my oh, last pick. I love the trenches. Sure, sure. I oh, Bart, I, I know you love the trenches. All right, but what is your last pick, Bart? Is this too close to my first one if I say we got to go 1-0 every week? Um, I like it. I'll, I'm fine with it. I'll allow it. Okay. All right, Scott, the last pick in today's Coach's Cliche. All right, I don't know. I got uh, energy and effort is just a Jason Kidd Coach Cliche, so I don't think that can work for I was going to say overall. soup pitch great. A lot doesn't... more people are saying that. Kid started a revolution. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, started a lot of yeah. things here in Milwaukee. Uh, back to the drawing board is a good one. Um, Keep in mind, Bart, these are all uh, Bart Lundy. You know. Energy and effort was not. Energy and effort was kid. But most uh, of these. I would back say to the like drawing board was, was Coach Lundy uh, run through a brick wall. Uh, that was also – or no, that was us talking about Coach Lundy. I think so, yeah. Um, let's do game of inches. Oh, it's a game of inches. All right. The six inches in front of your face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Al Pacino. All right. Um, once again, like we did last week with all the teams, instead of reading everybody's team, we're just going to read this all as uh, one answer. So, Mia's head coach, we got to get better. It's one game at a time. We got to look at the tape, and we can't look past this opponent. We got to work on the fundamentals, and we got to get 1% better each day. We got a long way to go, but we got to control the tempo and stack success. The game is one in the trenches, and we got to go one and zero every week. After all, it is a game of inches. Those are all the all the selections today here in the coach's cliche draft. That's a wonderful draft. It really is, and we could probably do multiple days of it too, because that just scratched the surface of what yeah, I had no, in my draft board. More. Bart, thank you very much for the time. Uh, we will be listening to the Bart Winkler show. Well, maybe not Scott and I, but we'll, we'll, we'll be listening tomorrow. I'll be listening to it. I enjoyed our time. I think Bart thinks this was this was a monumental waste of his half hour, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed our time together. I had Bart. I was looking forward to this part of the week more than anything, and I yeah, had a great I, time. I just want I you to know I very much part. enjoyed it. I look forward to you continuing to not invite me to be a guest on your show. Jeez. You want to come on tomorrow? Uh, not in the 6 o'clock hour, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, we're booked anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, Bart. Bart Winkler, thank you so much for joining Bye. us. Love you. Love you. Bart joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home loan renovation has you feeling anxious, breathe and let the Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of Sam. Banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. You are listening to the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM. The Fan we will have pick a lane when we come back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 